You're listening to Beyond the Grammar, a podcast by Lauren Smith and thegrammarminute.com. Whether you're a new writer, a veteran, or just someone who's interested in the secrets of the writing trade, you've come to the right place, pun intended. I'm here to help you take your writing from good to excellent and from excellent to published, because talented writers deserve to see their work in print. Join me on our voyage beyond the grammar. With me today is Jaden Gelso, young adult dystopian fiction writer of Talon and student at Hillsdale College. Welcome, first of all, to Radio Free Hillsdale. I'm super excited to finally have somebody in the same room with me. That is just fantastic. We're super excited about this new studio. And you're a writer and you're a college student, which is a relatively rare combination, partly because of pure time constraints. But I want to start all the way back at the beginning of this story and ask you, how did you first get interested in writing? How did you know that was something that you really wanted to do? Right. Well, thank you for having me, Lauren. I really appreciate it. Um, I first got interested in writing at a very young age. I would say maybe around eight or nine, uh, potentially seven. Uh, I, I always loved to read and I loved writing short stories or one page paragraph stories in elementary school. Those were always my favorites, uh, favorite assignments. Um, but I never really considered the possibility of actually writing until I saw a movie called Hugo uh, with, um, I believe it's Ben Kingsley. And it centers around this toy maker who used to be this really great film filmmaker. And I'd always loved movies. I was a huge fan of the Star Wars saga. Um, and I And I got interested in filmmaking because of that movie and i and i uh, realized oh well i love movies so much people actually make them so i never considered the possibility that people actually made movies so i went home uh and teamed up with a, my brother and a friend of ours and we started making short films just kind of winging it we never really wrote anything but we did kind of have a storyline in our head eventually that translated into me taking a screenwriting class at my local library and I really, that's where I really started to, you know, love writing. But I never considered the possibility of, you know, narrative writing until a few years ago. Uh, I loved narrative writing. It was great, but I never considered it as a potential career path. I always thought filmmaking, screenwriting, that's what I want to go into. And I still would like to go into that in some way, shape or form. But narrative writing became kind of the path I went down for essentially the last three or so years of my life. So... That's basically how it started, was just kind of an interest in filmmaking and movies and the art of that, and then that translated into writing eventually. I have to admit, I can't say I've heard of anybody who went from film writing to narrative writing. That's right. an interesting leap right there. But I do think it speaks to, you're talking about you want to make it as a career, right? And right. Um, I think the more types of writing you enjoy as a writer, the more likely you are to actually be able to make it a career. So I think right. that's always a really good thing. My story with writing is sort of similar. I was actually really interested in acting and I ended up doing this really small role on a movie and met the screenwriter at the time, oh, wow. which is how I got connected with my publisher and so on. So maybe this is a secret tip of writers is that movies are the way to go. I don't know. That's probably not generalized <laughs> advice. So you talked about some of the movies that influenced your writing as well. What were some of the books you read that kind of just made you go, this is something I want to write like? Right. Um, well, I was always a huge fan of the Harry Potter series. <clears throat> I mean, that's classic. kind of the <laughs> classic kids' kids' dream. They want to receive their Hogwarts acceptance letter. I love the Percy Jackson series. Eventually, I read the Lord of the Rings. Um, but I wouldn't say that there were any, you know, specific books that influenced me in a huge way. I, I loved the storylines of Harry Potter. 
and uh, the the fantasy storyline of that, I actually wrote a short fantasy novella at age twelve, which is terrible, and no one will ever see. But <laughs> haven't we um, all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's that's kind of where that started. It's always it's always the twelve year old kid who writes a story about a kid going into a different world and being the chosen one, discovering they have superpowers, have to defeat the evil ruler. So tell me about your writing now. So you write. I think your first book is dystopian, maybe is, more yes. than fantasy. So can you tell me a little bit about that creation process? Just what that kind of looked like for you, what the backstory is on this book? Right. So I'd actually never read a dystopian novel before I started writing this book. Uh, and even pretty much until after I, I wrote the book, I'd never actually read a real dystopian novel. I'd seen a couple movies that kind of had dystopian vibes, but I never actually delved into the the real genre. So it was in September of 2020 that I decided I actually wanted to write this book because it was 2020 and everyone was locked in their homes and all the, all the crazy stuff was going on. So some fishy stuff going on with the government that I wasn't quite sure of. No one was really quite sure of. And that kind of put a spark in me to want to write something that kind of illustrated themes of government corruption and overreach, totalitarianism in a sense. Um, and I'd always been interested in, you know, World War II and Nazi Germany in the sense of how they're able to, you know, control the people's thoughts and their their minds, uh, just basically through media, blatant deception, stuff like that. And that always that always interested me. I had had the idea for my first book back in 2018 while I was taking the screenwriting class at the library because I'd been writing really dumb spoofs of, of really, you know, cartoonish things. Uh, I actually wrote a screenplay about an evil Mickey Mouse who goes on a rampage. Um, so that was, that was weird. And I just, I, I kept writing that same kind of storyline. And then my teacher, he asked me, or he said, I challenge you to write something different. Try to be different. Try to try to be fresh and original. And I thought, okay, I can do that. So I wrote this storyline, like a five-page screenplay that had a couple of the same characters that the final book does, but they had completely different roles. It was a completely different storyline. There was like a city being blown up, which doesn't happen in the book. So, But it was the first spark of the idea. And then I'd always had that idea kind of lingering in my mind up until 2020, September of 2020, when my brother and a friend of his decided, hey, we want to write a book together. And they were going to write this high, high epic fantasy, and they're still writing it right now. So that's really cool. It's really good. So we'll look out for that. But um, <laughs> but I I went up to them and I challenged them in my you know high school 16-year-old mind. I said, hey, I challenge you to basically a competition. I said, whoever can finish writing their book first will win. And I mean, obviously, I finished first, but we never actually continued the competition. I think he owes you pizza now or something. Yeah, he, he <laughs> should owe me pizza. Tanner, if you're listening to this, you got to buy me pizza, okay? <laughs> Pay up. Pay up. But um, but yeah, we never actually continued the continued the competition. It just kind of fell away eventually. And we bo both me and my brother and his friend, they we all wanted to focus on making the stories good instead of just, you know, beating each other. So that's how that spark first started with this book, which is, yes, it's a dystopian, but I'd never actually read any 
the dystopian novels when I started writing it. I think I read my first dystopian novel when I was almost done writing it, and that was Divergent. So, and then eventually, I of course got into The Hunger Games, Maze Runner, kind of The Maze Runner. Maze Runner's okay. But um, 1984, I still have yet to read Brave New World and Fahrenheit 451, uh, but those are definitely on my list. So I kind of got a an idea of what the genre looked like after writing the book, which was just really interesting to me because, I again, I'd never read anything like it before, and yet I was trying to write it. So I don't know. Maybe I should have read some dystopians beforehand, but... <laughs> But, you know, that's that's kind of where how the how the whole thing started. I suppose that could work both ways, too. Maybe like you come at it with a fresh view if you haven't read a whole lot of dystopian before you start writing it. Right. I did something very similar. And my alert that I really needed to go ahead and read it was when somebody said, oh, that plot that you're writing sounds an awful lot like Maze Runner. Oh, so I wow. had to go, you know, and go, OK, is it actually like Maze Runner? Is it actually like Ready Player One or my good? Right. And that was kind of how I got started as well. So I just yeah. feel like I needed to read it. It is it is interesting because if you don't have prior knowledge of the genre, but you know kind of, you know, I'd say the vibes of the genre and, you know, general idea of what the genre is like, um, then it's really cool because you can kind of write your own original story and then, you know, compare it to the others and see how similar it is, see how un how dissimilar, if that's a word, it is. I know I'm a writer, but I'm terrible at grammar. We're so. allowed to make up new words. It's our privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare did it. It's allowed. There you go. But um, but yeah. So it was, it it was interesting. Just not having read or experienced the genre before actually writing it. Speaking of vibes, because that is a good word. When you're looking for inspiration for your books, where do you go to find it? Are you like one of those people who listens to specific types of music, watches specific types of movies, looks for images, goes out and does something? Where do you find inspiration for specific scenes, characters that you put in your book? Right. Well, actually, I it's more music for me. I, I love movie soundtracks. That's pretty much all I listen to. I rarely listen to anything with words. But um, uh, but it's it's mainly movie soundtracks that I'll compile and think, ooh, this m music fits this scene in this book or in my book. And I'll listen to that song while I'm writing the scene. Uh, I sometimes will go on Google and, you know, look up, dystopian futuristic vibes and maybe take screenshots uh save them onto my phone just to you know go go back and kind of reference while I'm describing a scene or whatever and then with character descriptions I kind of just come up with them in my head I don't really look at anything for specific inspiration so with characters I just kind of come up with them in my head uh in terms of physical description however in terms of names it's a little more different I will sometimes go to this website called Fantasy Name Generators. Oh, I love that website. It's a yes. fantastic website. <laughs> they have so much stuff on there from fantasy, dystopian, contemporary, uh, period even, like uh, past names back used back in the 17, 1800s, and all different types of names, different cultures, uh, male, female, whatever you need, even fantasy, elves, dwarves, stuff like that. It's this huge, it's a plethora of, a ton of different names. So I'll just kind of filter through all the settings and then just generate a bunch of names for whatever it is, whether it's a character, a city, a location, or some other location other than a city, and get inspiration based off of that. Sometimes I'll combine names and, you know, mix it up, make it, make it my own thing. But I'd say that's primarily where my inspiration comes. I do sometimes watch movies. Like if I have writer's block, I'll go watch a movie that is kind of in the same genre of what I'm writing or 
I'll read part of a book that's in the same genre. Um, so that's primarily where my source of inspiration comes. Fantastic segue into the next question there. What are your tips for dealing with writer's block? Watching movies, reading similar books, but when you're like sitting in front of your computer, you know, and you're getting ready to type something and you just can't, what do you do in that moment? Most of the time I procrastinate. <laughs> uh, Sometimes that's the best thing you can do just to put the project down for a right, bit. Right, yeah, which I mean, I wouldn't call entirely healthy, but <laughs> um, but it's but it can, it can be the right path. Currently, I don't think that's the right path for me. I need to actually, you know, sit down and just write. So I've been stuck on this one chapter for, I think, a month. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I took a break from social media so that I could, you know, focus more energy into writing. And it hasn't really happened yet. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, it'll, it'll figure itself out. I truly believe that. Um, however, with dealing with writer's block and inspiration, I definitely would say movie watching can help. Uh, reading can help taking breaks, uh, refreshing yourself in that sense, focusing on other things in your life um, other than, you know, solely the the project you're working on because that's incredibly important. Um, but I think I'd say those are the those are the few tips that I have. You're listening to Beyond the Grammar, a podcast by Lauren Smith and thegrammarminute.com. With me today is Jaden Gelso, young adult dystopian fiction author and Hillsdale College student. So we've been talking about this project that you've worked on. Talon is what your first book is called, I believe. Right. Um, but we haven't really talked about like what it's about. So can you share a little bit of the plot and some of the interesting things that happen in the story? Right. It's about a 15-year-old boy named Talon who is orphaned and lives alone in a dystopian kind of totalitarian New York, New York City. And he is suddenly attacked by a government assassin, and he doesn't know why. Then he's rescued by two people his age, uh, Castor and Amber, and they explain to him that they believe the reason behind his attempted assassination is that, hey, it's because of who your parents were. And he doesn't know what that means. He's wondering, wait, okay, so my parents were hiding something from me my whole life up until they died. What were they hiding? So they set out to figure out what they were hiding, and I can't really spoil anything, but once they solve... The mystery, and this is all in the blurb, once they solve the mystery, they realize, okay, this is much bigger than we thought, and we have to we have to stop what's coming, because something dangerous is coming, and once they figure out what it is, the three of them know they have to stop it. So is this going to be a two, three-book series? It's a three-book series. Three-book series, However, Excellent. Talon is its own story, because I wasn't originally planning to write a second and a third book, but I did leave it open-ended to where I could. Uh, and I did d eventually decide to write a second and a third. And book two, I did reveal the title recently. It's called Magistrate. And it's and it leads right into book three. So there's an ongoing debate among writers and also among agents and publishers as to whether the first book should be completely standalone or whether it kind of needs to strongly imply that it's going to have a series after it. What is your opinion on that? If you had it to go back and do differently, would you change that such that it was really obvious there was going to be a sequel or would you make it even less obvious that it was a sequel what are your thoughts on that debate you know i actually i don't think i'd go back and change it to make it obvious that it was a sequel there are th definitely things i would go back and change in the book to make you know flesh out more because it again it's a debut novel but um but i wouldn't leave it more open-ended than it already is because i like the idea of it being a standalone and if people want to continue then they can uh, because it is its own story and it kind of has its own wrap up uh, but there are pieces of it that 
can and do lead into book two, but they don't really matter in book one. So I like the idea of it being a standalone in that people can read the first one and put it down and decide not to read the others, or they can, you know, invest and read the second and third. Uh, if they read the second one, they'd most likely want to read the third because, again, it leads right into book three. But I'm actually self-published. So I didn't I didn't hire a publisher. I published myself using Ingram Spark, which is this um, really great self-publishing website or app or whatever you want to call it that um, distributes to 39,000 retailers. So Amazon included. And they have hardcovers, paperbacks, ebooks. They have the works. And they're really good. I would say that if you're working with a traditional publisher, try to find the one that really wants to see you succeed and would you know, be encouraging towards making, would encourage you to make a sequel. Because even if book one was kind of its own standalone, if, you're, if your publisher is excited about the story and is excited about the first book, then there's a really big chance that they'll probably want to publish the next few. That would be my take on it. I want to talk about your publication process as well, because it is unique for every single book. Right. How did you go about choosing a publisher and then I think something that often stands in many writers' way, because we're not necessarily artistic in the drawing sense, is right. how did you come up with cover art and the actual interior design for the book? Right. Um, so I chose Ingram Spark because it distributed to the most retailers, but also because it's the best quality from many other people that have published with it. There are multiple YouTubers who I've watched for writing advice who recommend Ingram Spark. Uh, the the thing is, though, with Ingram Spark, they have beautiful books. Their quality is really good. I think that they even, because of the wide distribution, they bump up your sales. It gets it to more people. Again, this isn't something I'm doing for money. It's just something that I love to do, and I really want to, you know, send it out into the world. Um, so bumping up the view view count, I think that's what Ingram Spark can help with. So as for cover design, I actually designed it myself in Photoshop. Um, Ingram Spark actually provides a cover design template for both paperback and hardcover, like the hardcover jacket, uh, depending on your page count, trim size, etc. So you can enter all that information, and then they will custom generate a template for you. I put both of those into Photoshop and then designed the cover myself on Photoshop. Um, I did originally hire a designer on Fiverr. I wasn't very happy with the results. I got what I paid for with that. I didn't pay very much, so the results were, were mediocre. So I eventually decided to, you know, do it myself. Uh, and that's, that's what the finished cover is. That's, that's my design. So it does seem like a good opportunity to kind of get one of those other adjacent skills to writing, Right. just trying it a few times and seeing, and your cover is really good. I really like it. Oh, I remember you. seeing it on Instagram and being like, huh, that's, that's an interesting design. I like it a lot. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, I appreciate it. Yeah. So good job with that. I want to circle back around a little bit to the beginning now, and you kind of mentioned this briefly in the answer you gave me just now, but we had talked about turning writing into a career and some of the things that go into that a little bit. Obviously there's almost a superstition around the writing industry that it's really hard to turn writing into a career. Um, and, you know, we're young. We're in what I like to call, quote, this economy. Right. So <laughs> what are your tips? And I know, you know, neither of us is quite there yet, but we're working on it. What are some tips that you would maybe give your younger self about turning writing into a career? And how do you see the future looking for that? If I was talking to my younger self or just a younger person who has 
aspirations of being a writer and turning writing into a career practice. That's the main thing. The more practice you have, the better you'll get. Um, it's, it's incredibly important to practice and also don't worry about where other people are. Like don't compare someone else's chapter 30 to your chapter one. I've seen that phrase circling around social media everywhere. And I, I don't think I could agree with it more because it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible phrase and it really applies to everyone no matter where you are in the journey. Um, like you're not, you're not going to be J.R.R. Tolkien with the first novel you write. You know, you got to push through the grind. You got to persevere. You got to, you know, pour your blood, sweat, and tears into this if it's something you're truly passionate about. And if it is something you're truly passionate about, then I do believe that that will come naturally. Um, it'll be difficult and there will be moments where you'll wonder, why am I doing this? And if you can remember, oh, I'm doing this because I love it or I'm doing it because there's a message I want to portray or there's a truth I want to illustrate, then I believe that the blood, sweat, and tears that you pour into it will be so much more reward rewarding once you actually finish the process. And that comes with practice. It comes with deleting the same scene 500 times and rewriting it. It comes with, you know, the potential for deleting your entire rough draft and just restarting if it's not good. Um, I know people who have done that. So that would be my take on that. Oh, the thought of deleting a rough draft is very alarming to most it's writers, very, I very think. very, very stressful. But sometimes it does sweat. have to be done. And sometimes you have to give up on a project that you feel passionately about because you realize that right. maybe you can't continue it. And that is definitely a hard part of a creative industry, not only seeing that it's time to do that, but also accepting that sometimes it has to happen. Right. So I have one last question for you. Actually, I kind of have two last questions. So we'll make one of them be, where can people go to find your work? You can go to Amazon. Uh, it's It's on Amazon. Uh, also, the Barnes & Noble website. Uh, you can also go to my social media page. I just have Instagram. It's author Jaden Gelso. All lowercase, no no symbols or anything. Just a bunch of words squished together. And then for a fun closer question, you mentioned near the beginning that you really like to listen to movie soundtracks while you write. Right. What would be a number one song you would tell people to listen to? Potentially One Day by Hans Zimmer. Oh, yes. Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yeah. Good choice. Any, anything choice. Hans Zimmer. Anything Hans Zimmer at all. <laughs> One Day is from the Pirates of the Caribbean 3, I believe, soundtrack. And it's it's a phenomenal song. It's a beautiful work of art. Such a good choice. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Yes, and good luck with the rest of your writing. Thank you very much. This has been Beyond the Grammar, a podcast by Lauren Smith. With me today was Jaden Gelso, young adult dystopian author of Talon and student at Hillsdale College. If you're feeling inspired by our discussion and you're ready to take your writing to the next level, visit thegrammarminute.com for more tips and tricks.